previously on Creek Chat. It's creepy and it's spooky. Wait, is that the breakdown? Meanwhile, Satan might bring you down to hell. Voodoo Grandma Juju. Oh shit, that's her dead ghost brother Tim. Fuck that shit, I ain't going. Like, we just need to shit on all these kids, and maybe that'll make them good, healthy adults. We having a family. Hey, guess what? The place my parents used to fuck is now available for me and you to fuck. It is high school, so there's gonna be dances. Both these people are smart, and all it takes is going to the computer lab or to the library and just looking up some books or looking it up on fucking internet. Yeah, I think it's a new character. I think it's going to be Jen's mom. Do you think she is actually Jen's half-sister? No. Did you get that right? Do you want to snap for that one? That just makes my prediction that much better! Welcome to 50 Randy Quaid's Presents Creek Chat. I'm your host, JT Sexual Delights Money, and with me as always, longtime guest and friend of the show, it's me, it's me, it's Chucky B. And I am back in a Detroit Pistons jersey, ready to talk about some fucking kids. On the creek. Does the B stand for baller this week? Uh, ballin'. NBA playoffs about to start. You know, that's right. So what we're here to do on Creek Chat, like we're always here to do, we're going to talk about episodes 7 through 9 of season 3. But I'm a I'm a Denver Nuggets fan. I'm not a Detroit Pistons fan. It's just a, it's a Chauncey Billups jersey. I like Chauncey Billups. So in case anyone out there was the concerned Nuggets. about Chuck's allegiance in the NBA, let's keep it clear. I'm just saying. No, let's keep it clear. I'm just saying, but I'm not, you know, I'm just saying. I'm, I'm a Chicago Bulls fan. Can't help it. I mean, like I like Jordan and like. I like the Bulls because I'm from the area, but uh, I'm not uh, like a Bulls fan. All right, save it for save fan. it for the sports you show. We're here to talk about episode seven, Escape from Witch Island, and what you had to say about Shoot. what was going to happen. Here's the predictions from Chucky B last episode through JT. Episode seven, Escape from Witch Island. Chuck's prediction here: Eve is going to lure Dawson out to this island. She's the witch because, yeah, I don't know. Eve comes back this episode and she continues to toy with him as she tries to stumble across any more information. Eve is not Jen's half-sister. It's going to be a heavy Dawson episode. I was wrong on that. You used to, when you didn't know what was going on, make predictions that were off the wall. You just looked at the title and went, I don't know, I'm going to fucking make it up. In the scare, you guessed that almost everyone was going to maybe almost be pregnant. Right? And that was just off of a title called The Scare. They gave you Escape from Witch Island here, which coincidentally is another one of their quote-unquote scary episodes. And you just gave me that. Not to criticize your... your. I feel you've gone, you've gone more from just throwing wild shit and having a good time to you're trying to get correct predictions, which kind of makes you limit your scope. I think that's hurting your correct predictions, though. There's a reason for Let's that. Let's hear it. Because you give me the title, and then when I'm thinking, 
because I'm doing it all on the spot. I know. You can take you your time. You start trying to throw me hints, and that throws me off because now I'm trying to base everything off the hints you're giving me. So I would say just give me the title and then stop talking, which is really hard for you no, to do. No, it is. It absolutely is. I keep trying to cut you off right now. But you are obviously, when I say it, because I can see you while we're doing it, I say from Escape from Witch Island, and your reaction to it is I've got no fucking clue. So it's not like I'm giving you much. All I'm saying is I said very – think of Friday the 13th and what they did with that episode, which is a pretty obvious clue from me to you. Oh, I started thinking of – the Friday the 13th movie series. And then when I was watching this episode, I was like, this has nothing to do with Friday the 13th. I said what they did with Friday the 13th in this show, which is the scare. I'm just saying, I'll stop saying anything. All right, let's get back to I'll, it. I'll stop saying anything. We'll see if that makes your predictions any better because they fucking sucked in this three pack. That's how they were back in the but day. But they were at least funny. This wasn't even funny. You didn't even fucking give me an interesting off-the-wall prediction. It was just, Eve's going to come back and do what Eve's been doing. Well, I mean, that kind of made sense, Escape right? Escape from which island? That's the most. That's the know. best thing? you got to give me time to think before you cut me off and try to give me hints. I was, all I did was give you a hint, and then I stopped. Just give me titles. God damn it. All right, let's hear the breakdown from Escape for which island, and let's hear how it had nothing to do with Eve at all. In an effort to add excitement to a dull school project, Dawson decides to make a documentary, enlisting the help of Joey, Pacey, and Jen. The group head to a small island near Capeside, rumored to be haunted by the ghosts of some 18th century girls. I think it was 17th century breakdown. It was the late 1600s. Killed after being accused of witchcraft. Joey finds similarities between her own life and that of one of the dead girls, which provokes some deep reflections on her strained relationship with Dawson. After some exploratory conversations, Jen and Pacey make the decision to become more than just good friends, albeit on a casual basis. Back at school, Andy gets a little too involved with her role as head of the school disciplinary committee. When Dawson screens his documentary for his class, Joey is forced again to question her opinions about love and happiness. Oh, I thought it was more about a question of ghosts. I think she did believe it was the... No, no, she figured it out. It was Dawson who was thinking maybe it could be the ghost. It was obviously Wendy Dalrymple and the boatman standing there fucking with them because it was his boat that was back there that they took. Yeah, they had to have something going on on the side too, like some sort of relationship. Maybe they're having a casual sex relationship. They, huh? Maybe. Huh? Maybe she did a love spell like Jen did on Pacey, and her and the boatman are getting nasty on the island. Yeah, but that love spell obviously did not work, because they were trying to fuck, and they couldn't fuck. All three-pack. All three-pack. We'll delve into how that plays out later, but things start to get a little hot here, until things get real hot in that church in a different way. Which was weird, because like this show isn't a supernatural show, so I'm all like, what the fuck am I supposed to believe now? Um... Is there real supernatural shit? Are ghosts real in Dawson's Creek land? In this particular episode, it felt pretty clear to me that that was all theatrics put on by Wendy and the Boatman to fuck with okay. to fuck with people. That felt pretty clear. I don't know, maybe it isn't, but especially when they showed them on the dock afterwards, and I'm like, well, again, it was Boatman's thing. They showed her. She was on the island yeah, she at was night obviously already. still on the island. It just felt like they were definitely... That was something they did for fun. When people came there to test the legend, they gave them the show that they were looking for. So... Which is cool. And, when you think about it like that. And that's that. why I thought it was a really fun episode, because it played with the clear Blair Witch ripoff. But 
definitely made it all about... This was the first time in a few episodes where the focus was almost solely on Dawson and Joey's relationship and how they felt about each other. So I remember maybe a couple episodes ago, maybe a couple days ago, I don't know, time is secular in this fucking quarantine land. 2020 has been going on for five years, seems like. But either way, this episode opens up. You were giving me shit when I started talking about Pacey working at the fucking video store and this fucking episode opens up with them working at the video store because Dawson's there, but you see in the background a little sign that says Pacey's Picks. Pacey's Pacey's there at the end of the episode anyway, so we see him at the place when Jen comes to talk to him. When was I giving you shit about that? I don't think there's ever time I was giving you shit about them working at Screenplay. You know what? I think it was when season three opened and I had brought up uh, maybe Pace people at the video store working. And you're all like, really? You really think that he's going to be working at the video store when they didn't show it all last season? Which I'm pretty sure they didn't show it all second season. I'm going to almost guarantee you you're making this conversation up because I never said that. No. I never said that. You definitely did. I've gone back and listened to these episodes more times than you have, as we've already established here. I'm going to tell you that never happened. Maybe I feel like you were calling me out, and you don't feel like that, so you weren't listening to it in that I context. wasn't calling you out. I never would say that screenplay wasn't there in season two, because that's it was definitely there. And Wait, I'm not, I didn't say screenplay. I said... Screenplay video, the video store. Oh, is what it's called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just said I even video know what store. it's called, and you're telling me I'm saying it's ridiculous that it would be there? What's going on in this episode? You did, no. you did, though, I swear. You find it. You find that quote and you send it to me. Oh, I'm not going to go Okay, then I'm show. telling you you're 100% wrong. Never happened. What's going on in this episode? I'm telling you, you're lying. What's going on in this episode? What's with all the confrontation? It's a heated episode. Let's talk about predictions for episode eight. Guess who's coming to dinner? Which could have gotten a lot more heated than it did. It's just like this conversation. You said, I think it's going to be a new character. It's going to be Jen's mom coming to dinner. You got it. Boom. You got it. I did look at me fucking swinging and hitting home. Runs, I will once again, rounding the bases. I will once again admit that I attempted to prompt you to head in a certain direction, but I felt like you were going to head towards Jen's mom anyway. So I won't count my prompting for anything. They're coming to dinner at Graham's to hang out with the Mighty Alliance, and that ends up being true because everyone is there. It's not just the Mighty Alliance; it's everyone except for yeah, it's the extended alliance. You know who's not there? Two people. One, you said, and Eve, because there's going to be... Bodie? Where the fuck is Bodie? Hashtag find Bodie. Right, yeah. That was going to be the next one I got to. Bodie's definitely not there. Where's Bodie at? Where's Bodie? It's Thanksgiving. Giving. They're opening a bed and breakfast. There's, again, and it's not even that he's not there that bothers me. There's not even a mention of why he isn't there. His baby is still there. Bodie's nowhere to be seen. He just disappeared. Gone. Totally gone. But... Yeah, no, Eve... Even if they had said that he just got murdered by that serial killer that they introduced. <laughs> he only murdered teenage girls, so that would have been weird, but... But yeah, no, you said... Got to change his M.O., you know, so we extend the Well, hits. he went to prison, I'm guessing, unless he escaped, like Bundy. But, so no. Maybe. You say that Eve's going to be there, there's going to be a confrontation. There's not... Eve isn't there. There's a confrontation, quote-unquote, about Eve, a couple of them. But she's not there to deal with it, that's fine. Uh, you say Dawson's not involved with that dinner at all, but he's definitely involved with that dinner and at least one of those confrontations, plus another one at dinner. But you say he's spying on the dinner from his window with Pacey. Now, like secret window now style? Now this is, alright, This I can get into this prediction. This is good, alright. Um, you say Joey's dealing with Andy, who's still freaking out, which, that's not what's happening. Andy's not even really freaking out, she's just like, fuck you, Pacey. 
And then she's not like, fuck you, Pacey, anymore. She's trying to not fall in love with Joey. And Joey's like, God damn it, I'm starting to like Pacey. But hold on, the lesbian guess is not real. You love the little fake-out lesbian guesses. That's Let's hear about what actually happens in the breakdown to guess who's coming to dinner. When Jen's mother, Helen, unexpectedly arrives in Capeside to spend Thanksgiving with her mother and daughter... Dawson tells her that he knows about Eve, and this clearly flusters Helen, who asks him not to tell Jen. A poignant speech at the dinner table forces Helen to think again, and she eventually tells Jen that she has a half-sister. Upset and confused by her mother's confession, Jen attempts to change her relationship with Pacey to the more physical, but finds comfort in other unexpected ways. Mitch and Gail reveal that their divorce has become final. Dun, dun, dun. Mitch and Gail, dude, it's been they've been dragging that divorce out for like a whole season's worth of episodes. Yeah, I'm pretty much like done with their fucking storyline. It feels like from this episode, maybe maybe I'm, they're I'm done. I'm more cool with just Mitch as the football fucking coach. Football season's over though. They didn't make it to regionals. Yeah, well, maybe he'll be a different coach. Maybe, maybe he'll be the one's basketball. Is that winter? Spring? Yeah, it's. I think be. it is winter. Yeah. It'll be the basketball Yeah, because spring is baseball, yep. right? Coach Mitch, just coaching them all. Well, isn't he a teacher, too? Isn't he a substitute teacher or a gym teacher or some shit? Yeah, maybe he'll, maybe he'll become a gym teacher. Well, you, you had a lot to say about um, episode 9, 4 to Tango. Uh, you're going to say Pacey, Joey, Andy, and Rob are tangoing? Oh, wait, no. Dawson? The Mighty Alliance are on the offside. And Rob may still be trying to prove his innocence, but as we've seen here, the whole Rob storyline just disappeared. Rob's gone. The storyline about the alleged rape is gone. Just, he disappears. Now, it makes sense because Joey doesn't work there anymore, why we wouldn't see him there. But, like, literally the Andy-Rob party angle happened, and then it just didn't happen anymore. Andy was almost inconsequential in this three-pack. Yeah. Became a very secondary character, especially in the first episode, Escape from Witch Island, where she gets like two or three scenes where she's the head of the disciplinary committee running around with Belinda trying to write people up. And that's really it. It was weird. Uh, I think she even had more than Jack, though, because I don't even think I wrote down Jack's name in the first episode. That might be true. But before we break that down, let me do the breakdown for episode 9 for the Tango. Dawson almost uncovers Pacey and Jen's secret after they get frisky in his bedroom and leave an unused condom on the floor. It'd have been way worse if they'd have left a used condom on the floor, though. That would be way funnier. That's definitely true, but would have gone against the whole storyline of those two still, three episodes later, not being able to bone. No fuck zone. Crossed wires lead him to believe that Joey is the one apparently having sex with Pacey. But when the friends discover the truth, an excessive reaction from Joey leads to teasing from Pacey. After careful consideration, Pacey and Jen realize that things will never happen for them, and they go back to being just good friends. With a handshake. To win a scholarship to college, Joey enrolls at a local dance school with Pacey as her partner. Meanwhile, Jack attempts to meet up with a gay student from another high school who saw the story Dawson produced about him. Andy annoys Jack with her relentless encouragement, but ends up soothing him when things don't go as planned. And this is, and I'm sitting back and wondering, before we go ahead to episode 7, let me just make a quick comment. When are we going to start to explore the fact that Jack is an openly gay character now? When, when is that going to become a factor? Because it seems like since it happened... And it may, they, they explain I would it. say episode 9 is when it happened. You're absolutely right. It, it 
definitely came to the forefront here. And they and they explain in a way that makes logical sense why it hasn't been a focus of his character, like relationships and all that, because he just hasn't been comfortable accepting it. As he says there, he's like, going on a first date would mean I'm actually gay. To which Andy is like, no, you'd be gay either way. If you don't go on this date, you're just going to be single and gay. And I was like, good call, Andy. Yeah, pretty much. Good call, Andy. But yeah, no, you're right. Episode 9 is when they really start to go, okay, we've got a gay character. We're going to explore the romantic aspect of that on this show now, like we're doing with every other character. And it would make sense, too, that there would be uh, a more limited um, selection for Jack. Oh, definitely. Oh, definitely. And they address that, too. Like, he's like, where am I going to find other gay people but that's where the internet they they finally decided to embrace technology a little bit more bring in those apple computers i've brought up a couple of times and they're out there trolling for dick on the internet andy leading the show uh but on, on episode seven it's really like i said earlier about joey and dawson and their relationship it opens up in screenplay video apparently a place that i said we'd never be back in and uh, and they point out right there and then, like, neither of them know what's going on in each other's lives. He doesn't know. Yeah, because each of them is like, like, Joey's like, oh, is Eve and, like, you and Eve getting into trouble? And Dawson's like, Eve left town. So why are you working at the bed and breakfast? Like, what's going on at the marina? Oh, yeah, I got fired there. It's a long story. Like, they're totally out of touch with each other, and she brings that up later in the episode. After they go through the fucking... You know what? Honestly, I didn't miss the Dawson and Joey angst conversations. It really was grating to hear that between them here. Since we haven't really dealt with them in, like, episodes, coming back to it was kind of like, all right, you guys just need to speak clearly to each other instead of fucking pussyfooting around every subject that you're talking about. But what makes this episode for me is the flip side of the island foursome. And that's Joey, or I'm sorry, Jen and Pacey who do exactly that. They look at each other and they say exactly what they're thinking and what they're feeling. It's misguided as it may be. And they realize that in the end, but it's just like, Hey, listen, we're both horny. We want to fuck. And neither of us really want to, we're not in love with anyone. We don't, let's just, let's make this happen. And they put some witches brew in there for good effect. Just two kids doing a little bit of black magic. But they can't make the, the sex magic yeah, work. Yeah, because they're like making out and then they stop making out. And they're like, do you feel anything? Well, that's later on. In this first one, they kiss the first time in the church. Because they, they go on this big expedition on Witch Island for this documentary Dawson's doing. Instead of writing a paper, he gets him and three other students out of writing a paper so that they can do a documentary. That Honestly, what the fuck did any of them but Dawson do for that? I mean, they were there. Right. So And they experienced I mean, it. Kudos to Principal Green for being an open-minded like that and letting that happen. But they're going out there to research these girls who were supposed to be witches. They were burned in this church that the local men treated like a brothel after they got banished there. So this whole fucked up situation. And where they burned the church down, they resurrected another church for the townsfolk who had been affected by the witches that were burned in that spot. So like it's just so fucked up what's happening there. Yeah. Um. So I have a comment uh, about something completely different. Sure. And actually, something that doesn't really even pertain to Dawson's Creek. Perfect. It's, uh, I watched this show on Hulu, because that's how I do it. Sure. Um, and 
I just gotta say, like, I really love their advertisements. Wow. Because, like, some of the commercials are fantastic. And, like, I'll just be dying. Like, a lot of the progressive ones, top notch. Thank you for that kind of commercial break from Chucky B. Um, I hope those ad dollars start rolling in. Back to the island. Mitch said it's the best makeout spot ever. I just think they're funny. I don't. But how is that important right now? At all. I, I wrote it on my notes. I obviously wanted to reference it because I wrote, I really like these. Control yourself, man. It's got no relevance here. God damn it. Mitch says the island's the best makeout spot ever. Gail thinks it's where her and Mitch made love for the first time, which seems like a weird place to go do it for the first time. Graham says it's a, a true sign that the Lord does not like those who dabble in black magic. And Bessie said some stoner probably drowned there in high school. Although some people thought it was the witches. Betsy looking good. So they get out there, they're touring, they go to this graveyard, and it's supposed to be 13 girls. Joey, Wendy says, most people don't pick up on the fact there's only 12 gravestones here. I'm like, so most motherfuckers that come out here, a lot of them doing documentaries apparently, don't count how many fucking gravestones there are? What kind of idiots have you got coming out here right now? And more importantly than that, here's what blew my mind. Where they're in the church later and Joey's reading out of that fucking diary, it turns out that the day that they're on that island is the anniversary of the fire. If a bunch of motherf- yeah, that's insane. If a bunch of motherfuckers are doing a documentary about this thing, and there've been a bu- enough coming out that Boatman is doing a documentary on the people doing the documentaries, don't you think there'd be a whole lot more people out there on the anniversary of the fire, and not just the four high school kids? Like, it just seems super implausible. The more I think about this episode now, the less I like it. Uh, There was a couple things that I wrote down about this. Um, Joey is just, like, throwing hints. And I I mean, they're hints because she's not just outright being like, Dawson, we need to talk about this. Oh, no, 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 no. She's just, like, throwing hints about how this uh william mary connection is really just her and Doc. no he picks up on that we're at a point now where the subtext is the characters know that they're speaking in subtext like dawson knows because she straight up says at one point like dawson are you taking notes this is about soulmates who are torn apart by circumstances beyond their control who are doomed to wonder what could have been dawson picked up on that one like, you could see it on his face. Oh, yeah. Like, she's not... I just don't understand why he doesn't fucking say something back. He is. Like, he's speaking back in subtext. She just doesn't like what he's saying. Yeah, it's just... It's stupid. She's not... Uh. Ex- they're not accepting each other's stances on it. She needs to be the one to just go, listen, he's not interested in getting back with me right now, and I need to accept that. I need to do something else with my life. But she can't move on. I'm so sick of fucking Joey in this No, because her problem is she's like, she wants him until she has him, and then as soon as she has him, she's like, I cannot wait to get rid of him so I can get him again. And that's what I'm saying. Like, you, you predicted in season two they would... She loves the chase. She needs to find another chase, which uh, by the time we get to this three-pack, I think the ch- the new chase is pointed out to her and she maybe she wasn't thinking about by it by the instructor oh yeah and maybe she hadn't realized it before well, let's break that down when we get there we can wrap this one up i'd say pretty quickly here uh they tried to go hard on the horror element with this towards the second half when they're left on the island at night and they got the shots of like something creeping out of the woods like four different times they i uh, wrote down the quote uh I wonder if Pacey loves me yet. And then and then from Jen yep. as she walks out of like that, I was like, this is hilarious. Oh, that's what I was going to say. What balances out in this episode, the Dawson and Joey element being so grating 
is the chemistry and the dynamic between Pacey and Jen, both as characters and as the actors, is so good. Like, they're so carefree together. And as Dawson says in a later episode, too, he's like, those two were inevitable. And I think that was true to a certain point. Obviously not inevitable in the fact that they end up sleeping together. But I think the idea of them at least trying to hook up was going to happen at some point. It was bound to come up. And I think they did it really well in this three-pack of showing... It was a fun uh, a fun way to show it. And to them for them to also develop an actual friendship going forward, it seems, too. And to show that both of them are not just about casual sex. They're at a point where it's about more than that to them. Still. Or now. Which I think for yeah. both of them is a pretty big... I think for Pacey it has always been about love. Because as he points out to Joey, like... I was in love with the women who were giving me sex to be a better student. So, like, this has all been about, like, give and take Pavlovian. Yeah, he's like, he's like, as soon as I didn't have that, my grades started to tank. Because I was all like, why should I study? I'm not going to get sex. So, we'll wrap... We'll, like, the good grades aren't enough. We'll wrap up on, on uh, Escape from Witch Island. The last bit of, like, the real horror element besides what we already talked about with the ghosts on the dock as they left, was when they're in the church, and there's the big... It's been a while since they've pulled this stunt in Dawson's Creek, but boom! Lights out! In the dark! All the candles are out! Then, there's fucking glow-in-the-dark writing that shows up on the wall, which right away is the first thing that should spark. Like, well, clearly this isn't ghosts. They bought paint that glows in the dark and painted some symbols on the wall. And then the windows are shaking and rattling. I don't think any glass was actually breaking. Another good sign that it's people just fucking doing a little trick. And then a big old fireball comes in. And it's just like supposed to be super intense. Dawson's filming it and everyone's freaking out. And then it just stops. And then miraculously there's there's a boat for them to escape. And that's where it just kind of felt like... Any thought that there was true supernatural element here was just erased by the big payoff. For me. Yeah, with the boat being there. Clearly the boatman's boat. So he was there. He came back to fuck with these kids at midnight or 3 a.m., yeah. the witching hour. Like, maybe I wasn't supposed to believe it was supernatural. Maybe it was supposed to be obvious. But I would have liked a little bit of mystery. But that's, yeah, that's really it. So there's a couple couple other things I wanted to point out was uh, Pacey at some point starts calling Jen Lindley. Oh, did he? I didn't catch that. And I was like, oh, okay, so he's trying oh, to get himself he did. into her. He said something like, oh, it might be the witch's brew talking, but you're starting to look all sorts of cute right now, Lindley. I think that- It might have been there. It might have been another time. He might have said it a couple of times. I'm sure he did. He's pacing. He definitely, he definitely threw it in there when he was like, all right, you might be the person that I'm having sex with, so I'll start calling you by your last name because I'm, I'm going to try to get into this. Like... And so I wrote that down. And then I also wrote down at the end of this episode, the best friends are working on being best friends again after an excruciating amount of uh, bullshit between the two of them. Mostly from Joey. Yeah, mostly from Joey. I'll agree with you there. But then they they throw kind of hints at each other that they're like, well, you know, it's possible that we can get back together down the line. Like, Like William and Mary, the ghosts. I love you always read it as it's possible we could get back together in the end instead of like we could just be good friends first before we get together and see if that works. But I know your final prediction, so that's, I get it, I get it. 
Hey, I know they're going to both uh, eventually go different ways for a little while in between. All the, all, the show shows me that <clears throat> things can happen so fast, oh, yeah. really, if you want them to, oh, yeah. that they can be like just starting to date and like going into the last season and literally be wrapping up a wedding by the end of the season. I can see that fully. They happening. could pull it off. They could pull a wedding off in like three episodes or less. I bet. Realistically speaking, not a commentary on what happens on this show. I'm just saying, with the quickness of how they handle weddings or handle weddings, <laughs> handle everything on this show. You're right. They basically run the full gamut of a Jen and Pacey sexual relationship in three episodes here. In, out, done. We've explored that topic. Now we're out. But it could come. Yeah, pretty much. It could come back two seasons from now. Could. You never know with this show. Never know, but I know. You did know. Yeah. You did know who was coming to dinner. But we step. Aw- and I didn't know we that. We step away I was from like boom, bam, slice. It's mom, baby. It's mom. We step away from. She's looker. She's a what? Looker. I thought it was a really good job casting when I saw her and Jen next to each other. Like they're not twins or anything, but like I could see her being her mom, which is not always true of casting. I don't look at Mitch and Gail and go, yes, I understand how Dawson came out of that. No, yeah, not at all. But yeah, mom comes back into town sneakily. She just just shows up, apparently. Because Graham's is like, Jen's pissed at first. She's like, I can't believe you didn't fucking tell me mom was coming into town. And Graham's like, I'd have told you if I knew. But I didn't know either. She just showed up. Do we mention this is a Thanksgiving dinner? Uh, I think it was in the breakdown. But yeah, it is Thanksgiving. And it ends up being everyone we we find out like in the beginning we open up with jen and pacey doing some shopping together talking about how they still haven't boned yet and she's like laughing at his foreplay like she just can't it's funny because they can't look at each other's sexual beings because it's too friendly like they're they're too good of friends for this to be a sex thing and so i find it's such a cute i thought that opening scene was super and it's cute. funny because it seems like they didn't realize how good of friends they were like Pacey did break down. He's like, this is why me and you wouldn't work. And it's because they're like, we aren't going to get anything from the other person. Yeah, we're on a level playing field. Yeah, they're like, they're like, we both are the same type. So it's not going to mix well. It's just going to be, we're going to be really good friends. But that's about so it. So we find out in the opening scene, like, Pacey's supposed to be going to his own family's Thanksgiving. Andy's supposed to be cooking dinner for Jack and her dad at their place. And they all say, fuck that, fuck that. So Andy's dad gets stuck in Chicago, so they end up coming over to Grams. Because Grams is a fucking saint, and it's like, everyone come to my house. Even Bodie, if he were here. Oh, no, wait, that's he's locked up. He's locked up in her attic. I forgot about that. He's already there. Yeah, that's, he's been there. Maybe that is why we get this line from Grams in reference to uh, Dawson asking if there's anything that they can do. And she goes, general prayer will be fine. <laughs> yeah. Because, well, at first she just says prayers. And, and Dawson's like, what kind of prayers? She's just like, general prayer will be fine. And she's just going about her business, fucking grabbing shit and running around the kitchen. It's right when everyone's starting to get there, and she's just like, before I know if this is going to go well or not, because I think Jen's already still upset at this point, because had she already talked to her mom? And her mom, yeah, she had already gone up and talked to her mom, and her mom was like, yeah, sorry, uh, here's these pearls. Like, I made you disappear for like a year, but I got these things you want. And she's like, I got nowhere to wear them. I don't want these fucking pearls. 
<laughs> like, she's real cold with her mom, which makes sense because her mom is a very cold person too. Like, just her demeanor is, I have no emotion. Her mom, my my take on it is her mom is a narcissist. But... That might be a part of it, sure. Uh, Joey, she tells Jen, she's like, hey, I don't mean to, like, preach at you or anything like that, but, like, your mom's here. Why don't you at least give her a chance? Like... You never know. Maybe you won't get the opportunity again. Well, she was getting pep talks all day. Like, Graham started out. She was like, listen, I'm really proud of the person that you've well, become. Well, but that's after she kind of, like, snapped on her no, mom about No, 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 I know. But I'm like, th- throughout the day since Jen found out, like, it started with Graham's being like, you're a better person now than when you got here. I think you're prepared to finally talk to your mom and be the bigger person and make this happen. She does try to do it. It doesn't work out. And you're right. That's when Joey's like, hey, listen. Um, I'm not pulling the dead mom card on you in like a guilt sort of way, but I just want to remind you like, Hey, listen, you might not get a chance to find some, even if you don't like each other at the end, find something out, learn, like, just go talk to your mom. And so she does. And she ends up finding out like, this explains a lot about how Jen ended up, how Jen ended up where she is from mom's perspective, why it, in mom's mind, it made sense to make Jen disappear to Cape Side. And you could spin it the it was better for you angle that she kind of goes for. Oh, it was much better for her because if she stays and she tells her daughter, like, because Jen even I, says. I was talking about like, it was better for Jen to be sent there. That she oh, was, no. no. She doesn't give a fuck. What I was thinking, the mom kind of put the idea out there that. This was the better move for Jen. I did this for you because I knew it'd be the right thing. But in the end, we end up finding out, and Jen just calls it straight up: like you hate yourself more than you hate me, and all these decisions you made were about you, not about me. You got rid of me because you wanted to hide your half daughter from dad because dad would have fucking left you, and you don't want to lose your life in society. You care more about your position in New York than you care about me, no matter how you try and fucking spin it. But once I'm divorced, uh, I don't, I don't get the invites anymore. Right. I don't get I don't get to go to all the parties. And this is what I'm saying. And I, I just disappear. It's not about narcissism. And, and then what, what happens then? It's not so much about narcissism to me as it is just being a sociopath. Like, she would do anything to anyone to keep what she wanted. Which involves a lot of sociopathic tendencies to just have no consideration for other people's feelings. Except for in the context of how it benefits you. Because it doesn't matter how Jen feels about her mom, it'll never negatively affect her mom's life. It does start to matter when her husband starts to think negatively about her, though. So she's got to keep that under control. Daughter disappears, so husband stays happy. And that's fucked. Like, it just blows my mind that Graham's... Graham's had this woman. This is Graham's daughter. And even Graham seems just kind of, like, detached from her? Detached from her? Doesn't doesn't seem like um, Graham's and Helen have seen eye to eye for a while did grams know about eve i have no they idea. don't really touch on whether or not she knew that information it's not even like hinted at or... all they can i i assume she did i do too no because telling jen you have to assume jen's gonna mention it at some point potentially at least to grams and then it, she's not gonna want she, like I'm sure she'd be like oh, there was another reason why I didn't want to say anything because Grams doesn't know but why, how would Grams not know but yeah in, in the end Jen when when Miss Lindley's leaving is like hey listen 
goodbye, mom. Give me a call sometime. Leaving it like, I'm not going to reach out. That's what it felt like to me. I'm not going to reach out to you. I've made my peace with you now. If you ever feel like you want me in your life, you know where to find me. Helen even does say goodbye, mom, to Grams, too, which seems to make Grams go, huh? Oh, that's weird. So there's a couple of things I wrote down that I need to address about this episode. Let's do it. One is just a, a little note that at one point Jack is setting glasses down. Uh, he's setting glasses down for the dinner or whatever. And I was like, huh, I'm pretty sure I have some of those glasses. Oh, yeah? And I think I've got like maybe a couple. And I was like, huh, that's funny. And then, Is it as funny as those progressive commercials? No, it's not. The progressive commercials are way funnier. Just checking. <laughs> if you're going to put something like that in there, we got to call back to it, too. It's got to be worth it. So then there was that scene when they're all sitting around the table and they're giving thanks and shit like that. And I was like, all right, this is a little, like, this is a little heavy. And then I noticed how they just go by Betsy and the baby. And right on to somebody else. And I'm like, oh, no fucking Bodie. Where the fuck is Bodie? Hashtag find Bodie because he's fucking missing. You know who else didn't say thanks at the table? Were those couple of old people and maybe middle-aged people sitting at the end of the table whose faces we never see, but we're just filling space. The prayer the group people? Huh? They were the part of the prayer group. Oh, was it prayer group people? That's what I assume. That makes because, sense. Because uh, Jen mentioned... Um, prayer group. I guess I didn't catch that either. Okay, that makes sense then. But still, yeah, they're just random people at this Thanksgiving table. I don't think Mitch and Gail gave thanks either. They they just did the highlights. Enough so that we could see Helen was jealous. I don't even know if Mitch and Gail sat by everybody else because it seemed like Mitch and Gail and Dawson all sat. No, but Dawson was giving thanks and I think he was probably holding hands with one of his parents. They just went for the highlights. The main, really, the main feel for that table was a to have Jen say something directly to her mom that would spur them, basically being primed to have a conversation. After Helen runs away from the table after becoming insanely jealous of the friendships that were formed at that table that she didn't have in her life, despite wanting to keep her life, she hates it because she's always wants more. She needs more. She's always getting less because she's garbage. Yep, garbage human being, garbage character. So yeah, the not garbage looks. Da- no, it's good looking lady, man. Uh, wearing that like late nineties, early two thousands, broad shouldered kind of suit she was wearing with the pearls on. Ugh, man, so really the only thing that happens with Dawson is this in this episode is he finds out his parents' divorce is finalized and he's pissed about it. And in the end, he says, "In the world where people who were raised." Where in the world where the people who raised you let you down, it's an honor and privilege to have you guys to turn to. A real nice friend. Everyone in the friend group is there sharing a tender little moment, regardless of how tight everyone really is. So I know after watching the entire three pack that this note that I wrote down kind of makes no sense. But I did write down, I was like, hey, I'll subscribe to Jen and Pacey if this somehow happens. I And I don't know where I got that phrase i'm gonna say it's probably but i got it from somewhere it's probably the end of the episode when pacey comes back and says i got to my front door i said i just couldn't do it and i came back here and they're kind of joking around about how he had turned her down earlier it's just it was a real cute little moment where i was like no like i understand it like it wasn't thank you for turning me down there and like it felt like they were kind of building towards a, a relationshipy kind of element for then 
when you open up in the next episode for the tango, they address it head on. This ain't working for them. They're in Dawson's room. Well, that that scene that you're talking about um, when he leaves and, and comes back to Graham's and Jen's house and they're talking and uh, she's like, man, how did you do that? And and in, and he's like, he's like, you have no idea. And she's like, uh, Pacey, you're a 16 year old boy that must have taken superhuman strength or superhero strength. One of the two. I don't remember which. But and he's like, oh, yeah, you have no idea. He was going to bang her out in the shed right outside of Thanksgiving dinner. Like that's oh, that would be crazy. for a man who lost his virginity outside at the ruins. Banging outside has got to be a turn on, too. No. Um, yeah, I would agree. And then they, they kind of like they basically have Andy and Pacey make up here a little bit. Like, I don't know. It's kind of like they're putting a pin in that for right now. Um Andy even makes a little remark to Joey that her and Pacey have been kind of close lately. And then Joey says, like, oh, yeah, he doesn't really talk about you, though. <laughs> it's like, oh, shit. Cold. But it's obvious why when you get to episode nine, four to tango, and it is, it's, people love, people love breaking into Dawson Leary's room. I don't understand. It doesn't make any fucking goddamn sense to me. How many people just break into Dawson Leary's room to do things? Abby did it. Fucking Pacey. And he keeps questioning, how does this happen? Pacey. Well, kind of because maybe you leave the fucking window open, you dunce. Let's let's look at the breakdown. Abby did it at least twice that I can think of. Pacey did it once before this when he was looking for the sex tape that I was talking about from the ruins. Joey did it earlier this season when she came in and tried to get sex from him. And Jen did it multiple times last season when she was too fucked up to go home to Graham's. He knows how they're getting in there. The ladder outside the window. My question is, why doesn't he just move the fucking ladder if he doesn't want people breaking into his room? Or lock the window? Or lock the fucking window. Because Jen and Pacey sneak out of school to go to the Leary house to fucking Dawson's bed. I'm still angry at Dawson about the turning Joey down thing. You're angry at Dawson for that? That was... Well, not angry. (laughs) I just... I'm annoyed at the character for making the decision... To not do, like, he didn't want to do it at the he, time. It, we've we've already covered this ground. It's not something he was interested in. Then why would you do something you don't want to do just because Chuck Banner wants you to? That's all. Twenty some years later, by the that's, way, too. That's why it was the right decision because for him at the time, it was the wrong decision. And I think looking back on it, it would have been the wrong decision for both of them if it would have happened that night at the strip club party. Nah, it would have been good. I don't think Joey would have been super happy about looking back on that night, honestly. It all depends. If they would have gotten back together that night in a different alternate universe. All right. You never know. But in this in this universe, Dawson comes back home while they're trying to hook up but failing at it. Jen bails out the window that they snuck in. Pacey can't make it out in time and pretends like he's playing. Falls on the floor, picks up a controller, pretends to be playing video games. The TV is not on. No. The video game system is not nope. on. But what? How does Dawson fall for this? He, oh, I, is oh, he a fucking idiot? Dawson doesn't fall for it. Come on. Pacey says he's playing Crash Bandicoot, but you're right. None of that shit is on. Dawson doesn't fall for it. He just doesn't know what was really happening. He looks confused because he's like, why was Pacey really here? And why is one of his shoes off and one of his shoes on? Is the implication that Dawson thought Pacey was fucking his mom? 
I don't think there was any implication at all. I think Dawson was truly confused until later in the episode when he finds the condom. And then it's... That's what I mean. No, I think then... When he finds the condom, does he think... I think it's Joey immediately. Why did I find this condom? I think it's Joey. And is Pacey fucking my mom? No, I think it's Joey immediately. His suspicions fall to Joey immediately just because he knows those two have been spending time together recently. He doesn't have a fully formed suspicion until they catch... Him and Jen, back at Screenplay Video, catch them going into the Starlight Review Dance Studio together. And that's when Dawson's really like, oh, well, they must be fucking each other. What's up with that? But true Dawson, he's not interested until someone else is interested. And then he gets jealous as fuck. I don't really think he was jealous. I think he just wants to know because I kind of got the inkling that he was like, "Uh, Pacey's into older women, I know because miss jacobs was like in her 30s and andy's like 29 okay no she's not and <laughs> i don't think there was any, ever any implication that it was gail and pacey at all i don't think that ever crossed dawson's mind i think it no, crossed the I think he, he made the comment at, at screenplay where he was like are there any new like hot faculty members in town i don't know about but I don't think it was ever like it's Pacey and Gale. No. No, but the substitute's ex-wife is in town. But so that's where the Joey and Pacey end up hanging out. We find out Pacey is fucking like failing everything. He's got four D pluses, a C minus, and he's failing math. And the counselor's like, hey man, whatever's eating you these days, just don't let it win. And Pacey's like, maybe it already has. It's like, oh shit, we haven't really seen academic Pacey this season, and he is apparently fucking it up. Maybe an apple Danish is eating him. Maybe. So he ends up, he goes to Joey for notes, and she's like, I need him back, whatever. And he ends up being like, I need you to tutor me, and it's basically because I'm failing. She's like, I can't fucking do that. I got enough other shit going on right now. Oh wait, hold on a second. There's this scholarship I want to go for. I'll give you one study lesson for one dance lesson. But don't fucking tell anyone about this. And Pacey's like, I wouldn't want to tell anyone about this anyway. And then Dawson walks up and is like, don't tell anyone about what exactly? This is right after he'd found the condom. So that's when he's like, oh, hold on a second. What are these fucking two hiding from me right now? Yeah, that was fun. And they both like run away from him immediately. So they, they end up, they're dancing together and they got like no chemistry on the dance floor. They're bickering, they're arguing, and it's not even in a cute way. Like it's in a, this is awkward and weird kind of way and so and that's just that's how they are dancing the whole time jen and, and and dawson show up later to see what's going on the dance teacher ropes them out of the floor so oh shit now we got a new couple on the floor they didn't want to get found out but they did yeah it goes to like a a, a four to tango bit where like they're switching dancers every fucking like so often so like it starts off with dawson and pacey dancing together and like Dawson's questioning about the condom and he's like Pacey's like just kind of pushing it off and then it goes over to like somebody else well they switch off and Pacey goes over to Jen and he's like oh he thinks it's Joey and yeah and like Jen's like oh don't worry about it I talked to him he doesn't care uh but but while that's happening Joey and Dawson are talking and Dawson's like well why didn't you ask me to do the dance thing instead of Pacey is that all that you two are is just friends and then they switch again, and Pacey goes over to him, and he's all like, "It's like, no, no, it's not, it's not what you think, it's not what you think." Well, and, it, and then it breaks down with the uh, 
Joey and Dawson walking oh, in. Before then, though, is a very crucial scene to me, though, between Dawson and Pacey, where Pacey's like, yeah, but Dawson, she's not your girlfriend anymore. And Dawson's like, right, she's not. And Pacey's like, then why are we even having this conversation about whether or not Joey and I are sleeping together? Well, because like I, I would be like, uh, because I found the condom in my room. But Pacey's like, if you're but, fucking in my but, room. I think I should know. But about Pacey's it. bigger point, because it's a bigger point that he's making to Dawson. It's not about him and Joey. He's like, this is about Joey in general. Like, how long did you think until someone came along and saw how amazing that woman was and swept her off her feet and left you in the dust? If you're still in love with her, you got to do something about it. If you're not going to do something about it, you need to fucking sit back and let someone else make their move because she deserves to be happy she's not happy pining after you if you don't want to date her like pacey just puts it all out there for and that's why he's a good friend of dawson because he's he's straight up with him like you need to figure this shit out like i've told you before don't get mad when someone else steps in like you're doing right now maybe i'm a bad example because i'm your best friend but it's gonna be someone yeah it was uh it was a good talk um that's the kind of talk else that... that's the kind of talk that's gonna get you what you're looking for chuck is dawson and joey getting back together that's the kind of shit dawson needs to hear so one thing that we're not talking about we haven't talked about yet was something we talked about earlier was uh jack potentially getting himself uh a boyfriend and how him and andy are using the internet the newfangled technology here's how they here's how they introduce it he walks up to andy outside with a stack of i swear to god Five emails? 500 printed out pages of emails. Instead of like come to the computer lab with me like we do later and look at my email, he prints them all out. Yeah, and some of them are pretty derogatory. They're like, you know, just calling him like a homo and uh, just going like to town on him verbally. And then there's like some actual like kind ones and... Andy uh, reads one, and then they start trying to, like, contact that guy. Well, he ends up being... It gets down to where he has a meeting with him, potentially, well, this, at a coffee shop. This kid said... For Mochaccino. He says he's, like, in a similar position as Jack, and he got media attention for being the first gay kid to bring his boyfriend to a high school prom. So he's like, I've been there before. I've gotten the emails, the shitty emails. I just wanted to send you a, a good one, and... You know, just reach out and see if you wanted to talk sometime. We could do that. So there's that, like you had said earlier, like that kind of shared experience between them where... How are just people, random people, getting his email? Uh, that's a good question. Maybe it was included in the story for some reason. I mean, I don't... I mean, I have no idea why is he getting all these emails. Like, did, did he be like, yo, my my uh, my email is like McPhee at Gmail. Hit me up. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, and I don't even think Gmail would have been a thing in 1999. Yahoo, AOL, I don't a, know. probably AOL because they were on Instant Messenger when he was talking to Ben Street later. So yeah, it's probably all at AOL.com, baby, on an Apple computer. You know that's right. So yeah, Andy ends up pushing real hard for Jack to accept the date, and you can tell the whole time Jack is like, I'm not really that into this idea right now. But he ends up going. He ends up leaving and showing up for the date. Uh, kind of. Well, he, all right, he walks up to the front door of the place. And then he dips. Because, like, he said in his own words, was his, like, paraphrasing, kind of. So it's not really necessarily his own words because it's paraphrasing. <laughs> but 
He's like, yeah, when I went in there, he's like, I looked through the window and I saw him. And then I saw a couple next to him. And he's like, I wanted to be them. And I didn't want to be me. Because he's like, if I walk through this door and I sit down with him, he's like, I'm, I'm, I really am gay then. And then that's when Andy pipes in. She's like, well... Well, that's, I mean, that's either way, you're going to be gay. That's before the date happens. That little pep talk of, well, either way, you're going to be gay. After he comes back home, he's just tells her, he's like, I couldn't do it. I panicked. Like, I'm not brave enough to do this. And she's like, hey, man, sometimes fear is just like life's way of letting you know that you're not ready to do a thing. And when it's right to do it, you'll know it's right. And then you can go do it. So she kind of throughout the whole episode, despite pushing him hard is always there to catch him. So it was kind of a good, a good episode for those two, but it definitely felt like a pretty minor story compared to what was going down in Florida Tango. I don't know. I, I kind of feel like it was uh, a pretty big story for Jack. There you go. I was going to say, I think at this point has surpassed Andy. Oh yeah. And I kind of even almost include him as part of the, the like the five because i was wrong in what i said it's not a very important story for andy but it is a very important story for jack so he gets a lot yeah, here. andy feels like the bit character in this three pack especially oh really hard in this three pack she's just kind of there for other people's stories and even her own story in the first one where she's on the the school disciplinary committee she doesn't feel any more important than the returning Belinda. Oh yeah, Belinda has a very short-lived um, cameo in this. So that's not really a cameo. It's just she's back for a little scene or two. So nah. we're gonna jump back to the to the tango to a scene you were about to bring up, and that's in the coat room. Oh yeah, where Jen and uh, Pacey are like making out because they're trying to like see if they can rekindle this thing. Well, they're sitting there talking on the floor, like, kind of dejected about how, like, wh- why, what are the reasons this wasn't working, and blah, blah, blah. And as they were talking, like, all of a sudden, it started getting heated. Like, you could feel the passion in the room start to rise. So they start making out in the coat room, and who should walk in at that exact moment but the best friends? Well, this is after fucking Joey is, like, erupted and just gotten super angry at the, uh, at... Like or no, I guess she gets really angry right here when she finds out that it's um, Pacey and Jem because she's just like, "What is bullshit? I know they're fucking now." And well, earlier, like, earlier when they were because I gave fucking Pacey a pep talk on on the very hypothetical situation. Yeah, he had brought it up in one of their study sessions earlier when he had said like, "I used to get sex for learning, and I don't get that here, so I'm feeling kind of under-motivated." But then he brings up the little friends with benefit thing, but doesn't drop a name about who it is. So when Joey walks in and sees it's Jen, she is just pissed. And she even, dude, she even in true Joey nature throws a swipe at Jen by saying, "This might be in Jen's character, but it's not you, Pacey." And I'm like, "Bitch, Really? How you gotta swing at Jen like that? Even Pacey gets and he's like, nah. Because she's always swinging. I, and that, again, she's just so unlikable when she gets her fucking, like, her hackles up. Like, she just starts swinging and stabbing at the jugular. Like, take it. why you gotta always be venomous to everyone in a room? See, I like her character. She's so much but... less likable this time around than I remember her being, honestly. But I totally understand how nobody likes her. Well... I guess I 
adore the character. You, uh, you, so you'd have me. to understand if I'm talking shit about your character, you adore because you've been talking shit about Jen since episode one, and hard. Oh yeah, well I, I hate. I mean, like the, the funny thing is, is like she's had a like right. This three pack was really big for her. Like I really liked it. That's something I was going to ask you. Did like was really cool. Like her her character is definitely switched gears throughout this season so she's a lot easier for me to deal with to where even like i kind of enjoy some of her stories. she's not getting drunk and acting like an asshole anymore like that's the whole idea like she was going through a thing before she's not being a b you just had no fucking empathy for her i'm not gonna get derailed by this again i'm sorry i'm sorry i I didn't give a shit but i'm just saying as we go on joey is turning out to be just a really at times, awful person just because she wants to be. Not even because it's warranted. There's no reason to fucking take that out on Jen if you're pissed at Pacey. She's not really mad at Jen here. She's not really mad at Pacey in the end either. No, she's mad at herself because she doesn't know how to fucking pull the trigger and say what she actually means. She just pussyfoots around everything. Fucking throws shade at people when she actually does make decisions. And then look at She's like, fuck you for respecting my decisions. But look at Dawson being the one here who even says, Listen, Joey, like, it's not a big deal what they're doing. Like, maybe I don't agree with it, but they're just lonely people trying not to be lonely. You gotta understand that. And that's when she kinda goes, fuck. And and she's like she's like, Well, I mean, I wouldn't do it. I couldn't just, you know, have sex with someone that I didn't care about. And she's like, you couldn't do it either. And Dawson's like, no, I couldn't. But who's to say that some people can't? Right, yeah, it's not my business if that's something that works for them, which we find out and have known the whole time anyway. And she goes back to the, she left her coat and goes back and Pacey's still there. And she even says to him there, she's like, it's not really any of my business what you do. Like, I'm sorry. That I reacted that way. And he's just like, man, he didn't do it anyway. Like, we just couldn't make it happen. Joey had even said earlier in their initial conversation, the hypothetical one, like, my take on it is this. If you really wanted to be having casual sex, you'd already be having it. You wouldn't be having a hypothetical conversation about it. So, they end up being in a pretty good place. But now, this episode truly sets on the table, vocally, for the first time, Pacey and Joey and their interest in each other. Because the dance teacher straight up says, when two people dance this poorly, they want each other. Although, I didn't catch him say it, but I didn't notice Pacey call Joey Potter at all during this three-pack when he was trying to uh, get this friends with benefits thing going with Jen after I definitely remember him calling her Lindley. So, and that's the thing about Let's, all right, so let's talk about how we feel, both Pacey and Joey feel at this particular moment in regards to each other. Here's my stance on Pacey. Pacey is attracted to women who are attractive and he's in close proximity with. He's always had a thing for Joey sure. anyway. Like, going back to season one, a double date, he's always had... She's attractive, she's smart, of course he's going to be interested, but... He's not in love with her. Plus, she's got like a, a personality. And, and he, but he, the, the main factor here is he's not in love with her. Right now, with the Jen Lindley thing, he's not in love with her either. He's looking to get physical. That's not something he can get from Joey, and he knows that. So goes where he can get it. So right now, I think Pacey's relationship in regards to Joey is. I don't even know if we're at the point where he's falling in love with her. 
I think he knows enough about her to fall in love with her. It's just going to take the right situations to put it that way. I think. I think. I think they hang out a little bit more. Oh, they will. It's going to happen oh, you know they because will. they've been hanging out a well, lot. Well, and here's where I think Joey stands on it. I think just like it was with Dawson for a long time, her like of Pacey is subconscious. She doesn't think about the fact that she likes Pacey in that way. Once someone points out the idea that, oh shit, maybe the element between you guys is more sexual tension than you think, that's going to burrow its way her into her brain. Now that she's thinking it, it's going to be manifested into reality. Yeah, I agree with that. We know that it does, obviously, but how do we get there from here? I'll tell you how we don't get there. Six months of free dance lessons because there is no fucking scholarship. Oh, yeah. They're going to leave. Pacey's like, let's stick around and dance a little bit more. Joey's like, no, 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 I want to go. And then Pacey's like, yes, but what about this scholarship? Like, it's not going to earn itself. Teacher comes back with one last bomb for the evening. Good callback, too, by the way. What's that? The callback on there being a scholarship, why they're there in the first Oh, yeah, place. it was beautiful. Because then, yeah, the teacher steps in and goes, oh, yeah, sorry, by, by the way, that's been canceled. So... She's like, yeah, we really haven't been making enough money. And then they roll out. Anybody wants a fucking ballroom dance? And then they roll the fuck out. Uh, and that's the end of it. So I thought this was overall... Good clean end in, yes, to the three-pack. a great three-pack. It was a perfect Jen and Pacey arc with a bunch of Dawson and Joey thrown in the mix. Spices Jack and Andy on the side. And a little bit of Thanksgiving for good measure. Anyway... Let's talk about what's going to happen on our next three-pack. In episode 10, first encounters of the close kind. Of the what? Close. C-L-O-S-E. Near to one. Okay, repeat the entire title again. First encounters of the close kind. It's a play on close encounters of the third kind. I'll shut up. First encounters of the close kind that is correct all right so eve is back and she is fucking close to fucking uh jen because they are half sisters and they don't even fucking know it yet and it is their first encounter potentially i don't know if they've actually encountered each other in the past i mean i've seen every episode up until episode nine of this season but i don't remember if they have or not i don't think so i just know she was drapesing around in her fucking house looking for fucking evidence who knows if she found it probably didn't find it if she fucking left the town i don't know why the fuck she'd be back other than the fact that it is a close encounter of the first kind baby that's my main thing let's on to the next one okay i don't know what the fuck's happening with everybody else (laughs) episode 11 Barefoot at Cape Fest. Oh, Cape Fest, baby. This is just like uh, any other sort of uh, fest, but it's a winter fest. And why would you want to be barefoot in the winter time? I don't know. Is someone going to get really cold? No, because it's fucking East Coast and they're goddamn Cape side. And it is nice. And it's not snowy like it is here where I live and you live. So, yeah, fuck them. But. Either way, they're going to be on some sort of a beach, and maybe there's going to be a shark attack? I don't know. Yeah, nice Spielberg tossed to Jaws with a shark attack. Barefoot, you less one foot. You lose it. No, no, no. I'm not saying they're going to lose a foot, but, like, someone might. Not one of our heroes. Not one of our six. 
Maybe it's Gale. I hope it's Gale. I don't know. Nah, Gale's kind of grown on me. But you know what? As far as I'm saying, you can get that character out of here. All right. Well, speaking of getting out of here, let's talk about episode 12. Hashtag find Bodie. A weekend in the country. So it's a weekend in the country, baby. And you know what we're going to be doing in the country? We're going to be doing some country singing. We're going to be like, hey, where's my truck? Where's my dog? Where's my girlfriend? I don't know. But I don't really know what's going to happen in this. I think that they're going to go to some sort of pasture. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Unreal. At some point in this next three pack. Pacey and Joey are going to start feeling the effects of true love. I don't know where it's going to happen. Or not true love, necessarily. But they're going to start feeling then that they know that they're going to be like, damn, I think that one another is getting skippy with each other. You know what I'm saying? Don't forget the name of the boat is true love. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I don't know if they're going to have true love that fast because that's pretty fast. And, I mean, I know it's the creek and things happen fast on the creek. But... Shit, I don't know. Maybe we're going to have some readdressing of the Eve and Jen You love, you love Eve. You love, for someone who fucking hates Eve and have said a couple of times, you don't like Eve at all. You I don't lo- like her You character. love predicting that Eve's going to be involved and... Let's just say, historically, you have been incorrect so far. I feel like we're going to get a little slice of Henry in, in this three-pack. I don't know where. Ooh, know a little how. slice of Henry, because we didn't see him at all here. And, I mean... I guess it would make sense, maybe, because... Um, I, I know one thing for certain. We're not going to see Bodie. Hold on. You know for certain. You did say last episode, last episode of the season. You're sticking with that? Well, yeah, and you know what? I might even push that off because I don't know if he comes back this season okay. or not. Did you say he comes back this season? I did. No, I, I did. I season? did say he comes back at some point this season. That's I did reveal oh. that much. How the fuck are they going to bring Bodie back? Let's dwell on this. He for has a been moment. fucking. I swear to God. When was the last time we saw Bodie? I can't remember. If they fucking bring back Bodie, and they just nonchalantly. Fucking say some bullshit. I'm gonna be fucking furious. All right, give me give me an example of what would be some unacceptable bullshit for them to use to explain why Bodie's been away. Just one example of what would not work for Chuck Banner. Oh, I've been, you know, at my parents' house. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> like, oh, I hope that. I it. feel like I'm expecting to be extremely disappointed when they bring back Bodie. I think at this point, I'd rather not fucking see him and just be angry that they haven't addressed him than then have him come back and then address him so poorly. I'm not going to say that's what happens, but I feel like this show is setting me up for a fucking just shit excuse. All right, here's what I know for a fact. I don't remember how they explain it at all. So I'm in for as big a surprise in terms of the reveal of where the fuck has Bodie been as you are. My prediction is a bullshit shit excuse that I am unsatisfied with. 
Can I get one more example of something that would be totally unacceptable to Chuck Banner as an excuse to why Bodie has not been around? He's been at school to learn how to be a chef. That's because because you know what? Mention it. Fucking mention it. That's what I've been saying the whole time. Once. Just once. We are missing fucking holidays. Multiple holidays. Important events. Your ba- Was he even there for the birth of his fucking child? That's what I can't remember when his last appearance was. When we get off of this, I'm going to look into That might it. be the last appearance. It, I think it was sometime in season one. I don't think he was in season two at all. Like, he was missing a lot. We started talking about it from the beginning because Grams was missing a lot during that time, too, before Grams came back from the attic herself. And then she fucking started the Mighty Alliance. When Grams was missing at the beginning of season two, she was missing because she was setting the attic up in which she had Bodie trapped with Cliff and who else has been missing? A lot of people have been missing. Billy is out there, too. Why not? He never made it back to New York. Nellie? People just be disappearing. Nellie's up in there, too? Yeah. You mean Nancy? Yeah, Nancy. Yeah. I remember her. I bet you Abby's corpse has made an appearance, but has long since been disposed of. Eaten by Jack. There's weird things going on in Graham's attic. That's what's going on in an, an alternate universe that we're creating. I'm I'm digging it. But at some point, Bodie's getting out of that attic, and we're going to find out how terrible it is. And we're going to find out a whole lot of other things, probably not that, on the next set of episodes. You can check out everything we've done before to catch yourself up at 50randyquades.com, Apple Podcasts, Podcast Republic, the Facebook page, the Twitter feed. You got anywhere else you can check that shit out, Chuck? Uh, if you do go to the uh, to the website, 50randyquades.com, um, there's a little comment section there. You can, uh, you can let us know what the fuck is up. Please let us know what the fuck is up, because as you can hear, neither of us really know what the fuck is up. We might need a clue. Nope don't know we might need a clue but until we get a clue and until next time we, we be, be creaking. creaking hashtag where's Bodie? where is Bodie?